Good morning everybody and happy Sunday to you all. If you don't know me, my name is Sarah and I want to uh, carry on from the message that Dan brought us last week. If you have listened to that message or if you were there, uh, you will know that he was talking about um, what we see determines what we do. And this week, I want to talk about what we do. We didn't plan any of this. We didn't know what each other was going to speak on. Um, so I can't help thinking that God really wants us to, to hear these messages because he's spoken to, to Dan and I independently. And last week's setting was uh, with the prophet Elisha. And, oh no, it wasn't. Last week's setting was with the prophet Elijah. And this week's setting is with the prophet Elisha. So last week we had Elijah and King Ahab. And this week we have Elisha and King Joram, who is now the king of Israel. And they have an enemy who is the king of Aram. And it's a very similar situation. Uh, there's still famine, there's still war, there's still rebellion. Um, yeah, not, not a lot's changed really. But Elisha took over from Elijah as the prophet to God's people. The prophet being a person that hears from God and then relays the messages to God's people. So we're still in the Old Testament, about 800 years before Jesus. And we're going to pick up the story in the Old Testament in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6. Now, God keeps telling Elisha about the whereabouts of King Aram. And King Aram is at war with the king of Israel and is trying to find him and hunt him down. But it's like a game of cat and mouse. And every time he gets close, Elisha tells the king where his enemy is. And so the king moves on. And King Aram is, the king of Aram is, is really mad now. And he thinks he's a traitor. Uh, he thinks that his soldiers are betraying him. And then his soldiers say, it's not us. It's the man of God. It's Elisha. He keeps telling um, the king of Israel where you are. And he even knows what you're saying in your bedchamber. That's how specific the words were that Elisha was getting from God. And so the king of Aaron was really mad. And he decided he was going after Elisha. And he tracks him down in a city called Dotham, Dotham, Dotham City, let's go for that. So he finds Elisha in Dotham City and he sends a big army overnight which surrounds the whole city and in the morning it's discovered by Elisha's servant. So we're going to read from the Bible 2 Kings chapter 6 starting at verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And this is a great story about how God opens the servant's eyes and he sees the chariots and we can apply that to our lives 
and we can see how we need to see beyond the natural and see the supernatural and see um, the presence of God and see how God is helping us. Um, and that's all well and good. But that was last week's message about how what we see determines what we do. Dan talked about positioning ourselves and he encouraged us to keep looking. But when we've looked and when we've seen, what are we going to do? Because this week, we're not playing the part of the servant. If you remember last week, the servant kept having to go and he kept having to look for the cloud and it was all about what the servant saw. But this week, we're not playing the part of the servant. We're playing the part of Elisha. And I just want to read a little bit out of my Bible. Um, I've got this great uh, life application Bible. It's a new international version. And in it has these little descriptions of um, some of the people in the stories. And I, I read this description of Elisha and I just thought it was brilliant. And I just thought it really um, touched a chord with um, where we're at and, and what we need to do and, and how we can really um, help other people. So it says, both Elijah and Elisha concentrated their efforts on the particular needs of the people around them. The fiery Elijah confronted and exposed idolatry, helping to create an atmosphere where people could freely and publicly worship God. Elisha then moved in to demonstrate God's powerful yet caring nature to all who came to him for help. He spent less time in conflict with evil and more in compassionate care of people. The Bible records 18 encounters between Elisha and needy people. Elisha saw more in life than most people because he recognised that with God there was more to life. He knew that all we are and have comes to us from God. The miracles that occurred during Elisha's ministry put people in touch with the personal and all-powerful God. I really want to do that. I want to put people in touch with the all-powerful God. And I'm pretty sure you do too. But we carry an Elisha spirit within us. We're not just writing ourselves into the story. We actually carry the spirit of Elisha within us because the spirit of Elisha is the spirit of Jesus. And we don't have time to go through it all today. But if you look at the life of Elijah and you see what he did, it was very similar to the life of Jesus. He is a type for Jesus. He is an example in the Old Testament of Jesus in the New Testament. Lots of what we see in the Old Testament is pointing us forward. It's pointing us towards Jesus. And Elisha is a classic example of that. So they both started their ministry by the River Jordan with the heavens opening. You can read all of this in Kings. They both raised sons from the dead. They were both betrayed for money. They both fed many people on a small amount of food. And you can see those parallels there. And it's that same spirit that was in Elisha, the same spirit that was in Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives within us. So just as we have seen in that, in that kind of character breakdown of Elisha, that he puts people in touch with a powerful God, that he brings compassion 
to people in need. That's exactly what we can do. When we have seen what we can do is that. So what are we going to do? We're going to do what Elisha did. We're going to write ourselves into the story of Elisha because we carry that same spirit within us. And the first thing that Elisha did was he calmed the fears of the, of the servant and he brought in peace. He said to him, don't be afraid. Now, this was a tremendous statement because Elisha was the one that they were after. The king had sent a whole army of people to surround a whole city, but who they wanted was just one man. But Elisha said, don't be afraid. I've no idea if Elisha felt afraid because it was a scary situation, but he brought fear. I mean, he brought peace and he calmed fear. And we can do that with our words. You know, sometimes we're in a scary situation. Some people are still finding this situation scary, but we can still bring peace and we can still calm our own fears and calm other people's fears. Even if, even if we're not living in that, just by those words of just saying, don't be afraid to our own spirit and to other people, we can bring peace and we can calm fear. We can also make a declaration of truth, which is what Elisha did. He declared, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And that was the truth, even though it wasn't evident. And it's really important that we live in and declare the truth, because the word of God says that the truth will set us free and the truth will set those around us free. What I've started to do is, you know, sometimes you'll be in a shop or you'll see someone and be having a conversation about this whole COVID situation and everything that's been happening. And what I've started to say to people is the thing that's helped me through is my faith, is my faith in God. And then I've maybe go on to say to them, do you have a faith? You know, has anything like that helped you through? And that's a great conversation starter. And it's just me speaking the truth as I see it. And we can all speak the truth as we see it. So we can talk about how God has helped us. We can talk about how God is with us. And that is truth. And it's truth that will set other people free. And thirdly, Elisha asked God to open someone else's eyes. You know, last week was about our eyes being opened. But when our eyes are opened, we can then help somebody else. Whose eyes need opening? Who in your family? Who in your street? Who amongst your friends needs their eyes opening? We can just ask the Holy Spirit. We can ask the Lord whose eyes need opening. And we can really help them. We can really help them to see. You know, what the servant saw was an army with chariots of fire and horses. But what he really saw was the power and the might of God. What he saw was the kindness and the strength and the ever-present help of God. And we can help other people to see that. Maybe not all at once. We're not presenting the whole gospel from beginning to end. Maybe we are. Maybe we rejoice. Maybe we're not. Sometimes we're just giving them a little nugget. But what we present them with is the kindness and the goodness of God. And we know what we've seen. We know what we've tasted. You know, each of us that knows Jesus, 
is a walking miracle. All of us have been rescued. All of us have been saved. And we can take that and we can use it to help someone else. We can help to open someone else's eyes. It might just be one little thing at a time. It might just be one nugget of truth at a time. But each time you bring a truth, each time you make a declaration, each time you calm somebody's fear and bring peace, you are opening their eyes and you are introducing them to the goodness and the kindness and the power and the strength of God. So as Dan said last week, we position ourselves and we keep looking. But then what we see determines what we do. And what will we do? We can ask God to open our eyes, but we can also ask him to help us to open other people's eyes. We can take what we've seen, we can take what we know, and we can bring peace, we can declare truth, and we can ask God to open someone else's eyes to the goodness and the power and the strength and the love of our wonderful Father and Saviour and King. <laughs>